Who wants, Daddy, who wants a pot of coffee? I just make coffee. You want a cup of coffee? Sure, there you go. Who wants coffee? Anybody else want coffee? Who wants coffee? And now, it's time for the man with the caffeine. The new tropics for the brain. It's Coffee with Mike. Hang in, hang tight, grab your cup, and let's get this thing started. Everybody, welcome back to Java Chat. Coffee with Mike here, sitting here with Shane Torres. Shane is, he's got an interesting story to share with us. Shane, thanks for coming on the Java Chat today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. Um, your background is mainly real estate? Uh, I, I like to say in uh, construction as a whole, but uh, real estate. So construction, real estate development, that's usually some form or fashion that's what i'm doing cool so how let's let's everybody knows how our format works let's let's go back to the beginning um yep. how'd you get interested in this where'd you start how did how did all that that happen to bring you forward to to doing what you do today yeah yeah that's quite a, a, uh, a stretch of <laughs> stuff so i'll try to i have a full cup so we have time let's go for it <laughs> oh, uh, you know I, I i wanted to when i was in high school i wanted to get into uh i thought i wanted to be an engineer and then I researched what it took to be an engineer and realized I suck at science and math. <laughs> and so, uh, and then, you know, I was like, okay, well, I'll be a draftsman. You don't have to do that much to be a draftsman. Well, my first week of being a draftsman, I realized there's still lots of science and math. So I got spooked and, and, and went into construction uh, and building trades, learned absolutely nothing um, <laughs> because the guy that taught it, you know, at the school there was... Uh, teaching 1970s practices so even Lord. when I got, got done I had to start all over again when I got oh no okay so then so then um I I got into construction uh primarily framing worked my way up I started as a labor packing studs and then you know worked my way up to project manager and eventually became the supervisor for the whole company Nice. Well, the guy that I was working with got himself into a little bit of pickle financially with a few things and Back then, I didn't really have any money, but I had a credit, and people, all you know, you needed was a pulse to, you know, get credit. So, technically, so basically, I went and absorbed his company. So, nice. at the age of like twenty-four, I I absorbed his framing or his home building company, uh, our framing company. But I also we started a, a home building company, and uh, you know, things were going good, and like most, thought things would never end like that. And uh, like the day did, well, 2009 hit, and I just made the difficult decision to shut down my home building company. And, um, you know, it, it was very hard, um, very uh, huge, huge blow to my ego and pride. And for about two months after that, I thought, you know, I would, uh, what I would say, well, I was in, I was clinically depressed. Yeah. If, if looking back now yeah. um and yeah. then you know i was i was applying for jobs everywhere and nothing was coming to fruition and um i'd i'd already um taken all my real estate courses except for you know i had one test left to take um i was gonna go work for my aunt and uncle they own a very large directional drilling company i was going to be a truck driver for them but i was going to be gone nine months out of the year yeah. And I thought that's what I needed to do. But right before I left, um, you know, my wife was just like, you can't be gone nine months. I don't care if we lose the house. I don't care, you know. So I'm like, now what? Well, I had to borrow money from uh, 
well, first I had to borrow money when I shut down my home building company to file bankruptcy for my aunt because I had nothing. Um, but then I had to borrow money from my father-in-law to finish my tests and, uh, and uh, to pay all the upfront fees and stuff to get into real estate. And, and I did, and I knew I only had one shot to pass this test. And so I flipped up how I studied because, um, you know, I'm not a good test taker or a good student. Um, and then I ended up, uh, you know, for getting started in real estate is not easy. Um, you know, I'm sure anyone who's done, well, starting in business in general is not easy, but so I, I did real estate and for the, you know, first year, I also worked for a friend part-time doing construction just to make ends meet and be able to feed my kids. Um, was that during so, the, was that during the, uh, early two thousands or where, when was that? No, this was, this was 2010, 2010. Wow. This was, this was when things were, were everywhere was just barely building back. Okay. Yeah, no, I was just getting started back and, you know, gotcha. I did, you know, I did do some things that I vowed that I'd never have to do, uh, I had to go get on some food assistance for a while to feed my family, yeah. which, you know, I grew up with that crap. So, you know, I didn't want to do it again, but, you know, I, it's what I had to do. And then, you know, flash forward to early 2010 and some things clicked a little bit and this real estate just blew up. I was able to quit the construction and flash forward to 2012, um, you know, and how I ended up with the name of my consulting company and everything, Road to 20 Million. I went from bankruptcy and foreclosure to doing 21 million in real estate production in less than three years and opened and my that, first and that's, office. And that's as a real estate agent or is that as that a, was as, as an that agent? Was as, I was as an agent. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's, dude, that's huge. And that was a great time to come back. 11 was when the market started rebounding and 12 was a good year from what it I real Well, it, it was in, in some areas, but what I ended up doing is, is, uh, short sales were still pretty big and yeah. I focused on those when a lot of people ran away from them. And at one point I controlled 25% of the market as in short sales for at any given time. So you just, so, you just super niched into that for, for the, for that round, yep. so to speak. Exactly. Well, that's a good way to word it round. It, you know, as the market start, I saw the market start to shift. I, I adjusted it to what's coming next and so forth and so forth. And, you know, flash forward to this year, I still manage a large team as well as I'm a brokerage owner and my team's going to have a record year. Um, last year was already a record year and, you know, it'll be another record year. In, in, the, midst year of a in the midst of a pandemic, it was a record right. year. That's yeah, it, it was crazy. You know, I, you know, we're in Iowa and whether people agree or disagree, we're very blessed in the fact that our governor said that our businesses and most businesses in the housing sector were deemed essential. That's so awesome. we never missed a beat. That's awesome. Um, have a lot of love for Iowa. Um, we've, um, our marketing agency worked with one of the um, small batch distillers out there in uh, Carroll. In, in Carroll? Yeah, Iowa Legendary Which, Rye. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bourbon and whiskey fan, so. You, you'll need to Iowa. try them. They, they, they're, um, it's going to sound like a plug, but I'm just going to throw this out there. Uh, they are small batch. They still make their uh, recipe just like grandma who came up mm -hmm. with the recipe back in the thirties. Nice. Uh, they still use pot stills. They still use 15 gallon barrels. Um, it's a fifth generation bootlegger that went legit. That's making this juice. So it's, 
smooth, easy drinking. It's great yeah. stuff. If you like it, go get a bottle or if, you look, if anything, I'll send you one. It's, it's like yeah. it's Whiskey Rich is probably one of the coolest dudes you will ever meet. And, and his that, two boys that are running things are, are awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, honestly, honestly, right before we started this, I was reorganizing my collection <laughs> in my office. All right, that's it. You're getting a bottle. <laughs> that's all good. <laughs> so in the midst, and, and you know, most people don't think about this. Iowa is kind of a rural state. It's kind of a flyover state, if I remember correctly. One of them. Well, that, that in some ways, yes, but in some ways, no. I mean, that is what a lot of people think about it. But like, so we're we're very much like, so we're in the metro, Des Moines metro area. Oh yeah, Des Moines what, definitely what, metro. Yeah, absolutely. What is what Iowa's become well known for recently is a lot of tech and startups. So we That's are nice. the That's Silicon awesome. Valley of the Midwest. So nice. we have a lot of incubators that have started here. We now have Facebook hubs, Google hubs, Microsoft hubs. Amazon's just built two massive distribution centers Sweet. right down the road. So in, in, yes, there are still aspects of it that are like, you know, fly over, but our two top industries are finance and insurance wow that okay so for those that don't know there's this is the second state that i've heard that's become a, a center like this the other one was west arkansas and that was back in the early 2000s mm -hmm. so now they're starting to pick up in your state that's that's amazing and that's awesome that's oh, i'm so glad to hear that um okay so back to back to what your what your journey is about yep fast forward to today you're running you're running a brokerage um, you're running a development company. Am I, am I correct? Yep. So, yep. So I have, um, uh, real estate brokerage, uh, which is Remax, uh, concepts. We are one of the largest in the state and nation. Um, we have 300 plus agents and 14 offices statewide. Um, with that, Remax used to be known as the, if I memory serves, Remax used to be known as the biggest volume producer of home sales in the country um, at it's, one point. It, it, at one point it was nowadays there are others that are bigger because they have more agents yeah we still have the most productive if you look at stats our our remax agents on average sell 18 and a half to 20 units a year when the next person's you know 10 8 yeah. 6 and it goes down yeah. There. yeah and that's still the case that's that's so, good um, um, so with that, we have a settlement company, an insurance company, um, <laughs> property management. I run my real estate team as under the umbrella. So I don't produce anymore. I just manage. Yeah. Um, I do have a few different development companies. Um, I've started getting into commercial development for fun. That's my, my fun stuff. Uh, I mean, I'm honestly, it's all fun, but that's my fun the, stuff. The, this, this is something you don't hear very often. <laughs> Um, I do commercial so, for fun. So anyway, uh, <laughs> I have some different holding companies that own uh, other, you know, investments in, in businesses. So altogether, I'm involved in about 20 different entities. That's amazing. That is awesome. Uh, and you have a consulting company. I heard you say that too. So Yeah, that's one of them. Yeah, Road to 20 Million uh, is the consulting company. And, and, and it's, it's a unique thing because I did. You know, when I first started it, I was looking at it from a monetization standpoint. Sure. And uh, last year, you know, I just had this epiphany, if you will, that what I have to say, and what I have to help guide and teach people right now shouldn't be charged for. So I just like, you know what, I'm doing it all for free. Oh. So, um, 
that that was an announcement I made last summer. So that's I a, still that's, have it there, but uh, it's it's all for free. So. Have you have you ever heard of a book called The Go Giver? Uh, I don't think so. No. Yeah, you're you basically are that uh, okay. great book. Short I'll read. To, I'll, I'll have to get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, it's it's a it's probably one of the better reads I've ever one of the better short reads I've ever been through. Um, mm -hmm. Only because <clears throat> it epitomizes putting out um putting out the good vibes putting yeah. out the good well karma vibes whatever you want to call it but right giving back before even receiving and right. in the midst of giving you end up getting like amazing stuff so i mean yep. look it's at true. you 20 plus entities and so on and so forth yeah. after having gone through the downside of things and and this isn't this is not uncommon and I'm, I'm glad you shared this because a lot of our listeners may be going through this right now um, at some point in time, most entrepreneurs have hit that bottom where they've had to ask for a little extra help. We all have mm -hmm. same. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, the resilience factor kicks in and the drive to take care. I mean, we're providers, you know, I, I, mm -hmm. I have a son, he has his own job, but I still, I, I you know, he and right. I both together, we provide, you have right. a family and that's as that side of life, the provider is driven to go and do whatever it takes yeah absolutely that's what happened yeah. yeah and and from that we're able to spin up a lot of different stuff uh you know depending on our capacity well uh, and it's crazy and i what i think uh i think what those that are listening should understand is is this time frame has not been that long i've only been in real estate 12 years so I went from to, to the 30 and 20 somethings. That's a freaking eternity. Remember those yeah, days when yeah. we were that young, we sat there and go, God, this is never going to fucking change. <laughs> yeah. So I went from being bankrupt and in foreclosure to an owner of this company in less than seven years. That's way so, fast. That's way yeah, fast. And I actually have a really good analogy of what can happen in, in life and doing this. So my, when that first year, when I was doing real estate, and working for my friend construction, the last job I did for him was putting this deck around this historic mansion. Um, oops, accidentally hung up on someone, no, or <laughs> answered someone, uh, this historic mansion. And then seven, that seventh year, we bought that mansion and turned it into an office. Oh, that's... So I still, I still own the office. We still own it, so. Uh, is, that a, is that a managed property or is that one of your, one of your actual offices? It's it's one of our actual offices. We turned it, we bought it and turned it into a real estate office. That's it's right across so the street cool. from uh, the governor's mansion. So really, yeah, it's pretty sweet. No, nothing says, "Hey, I'm here." <laughs> I just buy a house across the street from the Govy and yeah, just say, "Hey." Yeah, it's a pretty cool building. So I, I would say so. I'm gonna have to go look that one up. I'm sure the yep. photos are pretty cool. Yep. The, the, most people most people think that you know, especially when we were younger, you know two years is so long yeah, and yet it goes by fast oh look at look at, dude last week was january right i mean this is the once you get into business and become an entrepreneur time just has this tendency to just run mm -hmm. you know it, i was listening to one of um an excerpt from one of elon musk's um accounts of him and his brother starting paypal uh, and the fact that in the daytime he was at school at night, he was coding mm -hmm. just to get that whole thing done. And it's like every waking hour was spent working on the business when I wasn't in school. Right. Now 
he's an anomaly. Let's all be clear about that. Um, right. He is very brilliant. He is he is a savant of sorts, if you will. Mm -hmm. But his his work ethic and his intent were clear. Um, I'm fairly sure you experienced the same thing, obviously. Oh, absolutely. And some of that and how that worked out. Just the results. The results are proven. When you were at that point, clinical depression, and we'll get more into this in the next section, but when you were at that point, what was the one thing that really, was it just family that drove you or was there something else gnawing at you or what, what was the, what was the main? Uh, it was mainly my family. Um, you know, I knew that they, I, they needed me. I knew I needed to provide for them. I knew, um, you know, that if I didn't, no one else would. And so basically it really took, you know, <clears throat> there were a couple key moments that helped me snap out of it, but one in particular. Um, and uh, I was laying in bed one night and <clears throat> I used to say when I was in my twenties that I wanted to be worth a million dollars by the time I was uh, 30. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, 30. Um, so but then I lost it. So I asked her one night, I said, did you, you know, if you have a goal and you obtained it, but then you lose it, did it count? And she said, well, what did you lose? It mattered. And so I really thought about that that night. I didn't go to sleep and I got up. I hadn't worked. I was, a, I was an athlete in high school, but in the twenties, I was always too busy. So I hadn't worked out <laughs> in about 10 years. So I got out of bed that morning. I sold the Bullflex I had body gym membership year membership and just started working out again and uh within you know a couple of weeks i was at that point i was at my highest weight i was unhealthy uh i was probably 270 and i dropped down to 230 very quickly so it gave me a more a, a sense of purpose so what i ended up doing was um basically getting into the mindset and what a couple of different ways um is that I was going to do my very best to save my house, do my very best to make get out of this bankruptcy, um, um, and be able to start over. And if if I if I failed, at least I know I tried. Yeah, my, I became stronger. I am I I am uh, uh, very involved in our church. I became stronger in having faith. Um, it may sound weird because I had no money, but we decided together we tithe more, and it just you know, everything fell into place, you know, by, by just not worrying about things you can't control. So in her quote, or in her, her, you know, saying, what did you, was it mattered? Yeah. I lost houses. I lost cars, what I thought were friends, but I was still somewhat healthy. My family was healthy and that's what would matter. So that was kind of what flipped it and what had me start, you know, start over and, and go down the path that we're, we're on now. I, I want to <clears throat> frame something real quick. You, you mentioned tithing for people of faith that, that understand that um, that's, that's something that really should sit in the back of your mind for those that are not um, mm -hmm. giving is the, how do I say this? It's giving out and putting out that proper intent. This is the, you know, the love and light people, they say, you know, get back to the universe and the universe will get back to you or put out your intention right. to get back to you. Part of putting that out there is giving to others. Right. And whether you're donating to a nonprofit or tithing or, or what have you. I mean, in my case, it's tithing as well. 
but there are there are other places where you can place tithes that will help other people you know mm -hmm. there are the there are the the nonprofits that help locally and then regionally and of course nationally um putting out there is just as well starting your own nonprofit and raising funds to help other people who can't help themselves uh, or, or just need a little extra help there you know sometimes it's just a leg up nonprofit. Awesome. right sometimes it's a full out you know how do we how do we help you care for you right. whatever that may be that kind of when you put out that kind of intention and that kind of energy, the universe appreciates it and says, all right, cool, you get it. You know what's going on. Now it's time to help you back. And stuff right. starts, like you said, things just start falling into place and you just go, what? <laughs> well, right. Well, and I would add to that, you know, it, it doesn't always have to be money. It could be time. Oh, no, yeah, it can be anything. Given of your time. Yeah. Um, that actually, you made me think of something. We actually have our own nonprofit as well. Um, that does do that. Yeah, it is awesome. it, it, full board. We just did, they just did 150, no, I'm sorry, 200 baskets for Thanksgiving for families. Um, and and December awesome. is their biggest month coming up. So that's I awesome. just, I, you made me think about that. So that's uh, And it's, <clears throat> it's not just that you get back. It's the feeling that you get from giving whether that's oh, finance or, or, you know, even a, even just a little bit of advice sometimes, like what you're doing yep. for free in some cases. It's it's like, you know, somebody out there is going, geez, that's all I needed. Thank you. Right. You know? Or in some cases, you don't get the thank you. That's fine. Left hand doesn't know what the right yeah, hand is. I don't know always okay. thank you. I don't yeah, know I, I, Most not, people don't know what about that. do. It's, yeah. it's what you feel in your heart and your own gratitude, the fact that you got to do that. Right. That, and that puts out to to the universe, if you will, yep. and, it, and it sees it and it knows it because it's one of those deals where it's like, oh, that's cool. I don't, I don't, we've all done it. We've paid for meals. We've helped somebody out and they, and, mm -hmm. and they didn't know. Right. And, and we were actually kind of, it's a weird kind of backwards feeling. Oh, they don't know I did that. That's cool. Let me get out of here. You know, it is. I know I do it all the time. I give, exactly. away, so much money. I give away so much money. People don't, don't even know who it's from. So yeah, it, it's to me, it's probably one of the biggest kicks I, I can get when I can do something for somebody and they don't know it. Like I, I uh, without saying what it was, uh, my son and I were eating and there, you know, there were a couple of other people in, in the place and I looked over and I went, hmm. And I, I called the waitress over. I said, when they're done, you take care of this for them. And she was blown away. And I'm like, no, don't just don't say anything. Don't even tell them who it is. Just take care of it. And my son looks at me and he goes, that was all I needed. Mm -hmm. That validated the whole thing. Right. I, I, it, it didn't matter at that point. Anything else. I didn't want to thank you from anybody, not her, not them, nothing. My son's nod was all I needed and these are the things that we as as fathers you know we we have to lead our children to to be this way right um, and that there's more to life than just taking and and this is this is part of why we do what we do you know right absolutely cool um guys we're going to take a 30 second break and when we come back we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the things that drive Shane to get done what he gets done. All right, we'll be back in 30 seconds. And we're back here at Java Chat, hanging out with Shane Torres. And we were we were talking about his journey earlier uh, in the first section. Anytime somebody goes through the, the crazy challenges that they go through, um, there are signposts along the way. There are 
incidents uh, or activities, things that happen to us or happen around us or happen for us, um, depending on your perspective. And surely you've had a ton of them. I mean, you spoke about one when it came, by the way, your, your wife is extremely wise when she threw that question at you. <laughs> that, when you said that, I was like, ooh, that was good. <laughs> oh, she's had a few of them, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's interesting when you have a partner that is, um, that is able to immediately help you reflect on something where you just sit there and go, shit, I never thought, <laughs> I never thought yeah. of that, right? So what are some of the things that, that like, as you were going through the process, what are some of the things besides that, um, mm. that helped you gain perspective or mm. realize, realize that your goal and your dream never left really? Right. Yeah. So what, you know, st st stepping back a little bit. So what I realized after losing everything the way I did <clears throat> and starting to work my way back up is my priorities before were out of whack. My motto back then used to be without work, there's nothing else. That's not, that's, that's wrong, right? So I realized that I had my priorities out of whack. And so the next thing that was kind of an aha moment for me was my wife was gone and I had taken my kids to the park. My daughter was five and my son was three and it hit me that I'd never taken them to the park before. So I vowed at that moment to not miss anything else again. And I haven't unless I've been out of town. So that was another defining moment of, of me knowing that my priorities were out of whack. So then um, and the next one, and this is to the point where I started getting more success. I was, I was working a lot. Um, I would make, you know, or making money. Uh, it was still just me at the time. I would pop in for kids events and I would leave. Well, my wife and I were having a disagreement one night. And because, you know, again, I'm making good money. I'm like, oh, I don't understand the problem. And she, I said, I don't understand what your problem is. I'm at all the kid events. And she said, yeah, but what about me? It real that real, that made me realize. <laughs> yeah. That made me realize I needed to start putting stuff into place knowing I can't be everywhere at all times. So I started flipping on how I got very intentional on my calendar. I got very intentional on time blocking and I got very intentional on how I prioritize my calendar. And I look at it in three different categories. I have my, my, what I call me time first. So that could be hang, going to the gym. That could be with my wife. That could be with my kids. That could be friends. That's, that's all first and foremost. Nothing else comes before that. Then I fill it in with business building activities. That can be a variety of things. That could be what we're doing right now, right? Mm -hmm. And the third one is then I fill it in with appointments, clients, agents, you know, partners, things like that. That's third and last. Once I figured that out, I was then starting, to, I got to the point where I could predict my revenue. So those were, those were a lot of the few key moments in, in, uh, I mean, obviously there's been a, there's been so many, I probably couldn't even recount them all, but those are the ones that stick out the most. And then this wasn't even that long ago. This was like, uh, six years ago, my wife and I were in Boston and, uh, we were sitting on the water looking out over the, the Bay area and I look over and she's just crying. And, uh, and I'm like, I, whoa, what is going on? She's <laughs> like, we've been here for two days and you barely talked to me. You've been on the phone the whole time. So we 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 all still fall off track 
sometimes. So I was able to come back in and even now, you know, I've learned so much in the last year, the, the, the pandemic being locked up with, you know, for so long and not being able to do anything. I've been able to learn more about communication and talking to my wife and just talking to people in general. I mean, I would have never, if you would have asked me uh, a year ago, if I would have ever read the five languages book, I would have said no, but I've read, I've read it and it didn't help out a lot, you know? So all these things help lead to, you know, the aha moments that help me continue to drive and re regroup and come up with systems and processes to run the businesses. So nowadays I rarely works weekends. I'm home every night and it's not that the stuff's not working. It's that I, I, I run the systems that manage the people and I can do that in a, a short period of time. Now I will say, I still, I, we talked about this before we jumped online. I get up at 4am every morning, but that's what allows me to be home at night. Now, if I were to have to not get up till seven or eight, I wouldn't be able to be at home at night. So it's a, uh, you got to, life, time balance is not a thing, but life balance can be if you sacrifice the time. That you, you hit like three or four huge points. Um, prioritization, um, as far as, you know, what's first, what's second, what's third, um, reminded me of a, uh, talk that uh, Stephen Covey did. Uh, actually, I think both him and a, a, it was a professor that actually did this one, and it was a it was the analogy of how to fill a jar. Mm-hmm. And he threw in some large rocks and said, "Is yep. it full?" You remember this? You probably. Seen oh yeah, it. I've seen it. Yeah, and then <clears> fills <throat> it with water at the end. Yeah, and it's like when your life's priorities are out of whack, you're trying to fill everything that's water or small pebbles before you get the big, the big rocks in there and you're not mm-hmm. figuring out which is, the, which is the big rocks. So when you, when you can't fit it all in there, it doesn't work. Right. That was one. Um, th- there's a number of, of different things that you touched on that. The, the, the coolest part is when, when you have the awareness of the time blocking, like my time blocks are up on, on the wall and actually I have to adjust it. I just looked at it and realized there's a mine's on the screen right to the left. The yeah, the screen that we're on. <clears throat> I have a screen on the right. I should probably start using that instead. The understanding where your time is, where it's absolutely available, where it's not. Like at mm-hmm. night, thankfully I work from home, um, so you know if my son's here, he's here. He'll walk out. I get to say hi. We get to talk. We go out. We do our thing. Um, he's the only family I have now, which is, you know, unless somebody else decides to step in, mm-hmm. which will be interesting. Communication, the whole, <clears throat> most people don't realize that the five love languages isn't just for couples. It's for individuals as well. Oh yeah. If you don't understand how you are, as far as your own love languages, how can you love yourself right. to the point that you can take care of you and understand, you know, what time blocking will work for you? Otherwise, you're using a template, and it may not fit. In fact, I'm almost willing to bet it probably doesn't. Right. And to be able to, the whole leaders or readers and all that stuff, every cliche that you can think of, guys, but, but the, the mere fact that you have taken the time to read that, and it's improved your communication skills at home, 
I bet it also has really improved your skills with your own employees and with your own teams. I think so. And uh, I've, I've done disc tests for years, which also helps me communicate with them. So absolutely. Have, have, oh, I, I'm interested in thinking now, just, just on the business side of that, are you, are you helping some of them in, in the same ways that you've done that? Is that, are, are you using that in any of your training or, or is that any of that? Cause you got to know when somebody comes into real estate, most times they have no clue as what's coming. <laughs> right. Are you, are you saying like from like the communication standpoint? Communication and training, both. Yeah, absolutely. No, we, we always, yeah, we talk about all the time being able to adjust and communicate with different personalities. And um, it, yes, that absolutely helps with those things. And we, we always talk about that. Cool. And then see like with what, with us, when we do interns, we bring them in and we have, <clears throat> we have two sides, two sides to our internships. One's for professional development, which is, you know, learning the business, learning, understanding marketing and things of that nature. The other side is personal development, mm -hmm. um, which I'm fairly sure if I remember correctly, Remax already has something like that. It's, and then of course, I'm sure you have to, other things to build on top of it that help. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, real estate's a unique thing because yes, we is. talked about business and personal development real estate's not just like a business it's a lifestyle so they intertwine a lot mm -hmm. the personal and the business um so it uh, when i train like you know and i know we were gonna we'll probably touch on it here in a little bit but you know to the point you know what drives me today mm -hmm. you know my my goal from 2012 to until uh, today has been been to help people get a good revenue but yet a life to enjoy it that's been my my motto and so i think they very much intertwine if you're not in the right you know mindset and you're not in the right space health wise your business is going to suffer so that to me that's first and foremost is that from that standpoint so it very much intertwines it's kind of funny i i, I do know of uh, me and my one of my business partners we laugh about this all the time because we see the guys out there going get your revenue in you know four or five figures in, in monthly and then go sell the business and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, and, and we've seen some of their programs and it's like, dude, all you're doing is telling them how to make money. You're telling, teaching right. them how to sell. You're not teaching them how to build a business. Right. You're, you're teaching them how to flip stuff and it's not helping. It's not really helping them. Yeah. It's giving them a lifestyle, but they could be a recluse and you have no idea. Right. And, and that's usually the case there. I've, again, I've discovered, especially it's, it's been magnified in 2020, the amount of like stress and personal problems that people are hiding. And I've even, even, so even over the last, you know, six months, I've been very, 2020 was not like, it was very challenging for my marriage in a lot of ways. And I had so many friends that while on the outside, they were, um, it was looking like everything was perfect, but I could see the signs because I was going through it as well. So I sat them all down probably in August. And I'm like, here's the thing we're, we're we all share in many ways, but right now we're all being fake in this reality, in this regard. So I'm gonna tell you what we've been going through. And I just laid it on out there. And I think everyone was in aha moment because <laughs> I even had one guy that was like, we look at, you know, everyone thinks, yeah, you got the businesses and you got the house and you got a car and you got this and you got that. And then everything's great. That is not, was not the case. And so it really showed, I like 
I've always said I have no secrets. So except for this was the one that I did have. I don't have any now. I've been extremely vulnerable with it. And that's been super helpful to, to us and to, to them to know that they have people that they can confide in and they're, that they're not the only ones. I think for, for the most part, <clears throat> a lot of young entrepreneurs, whether they're making a lot of money or not, they, they have this common thread. Is this all that there is? Yeah, I'm living a, I'm living a great life. I'm out having a good time, et cetera, et cetera. You know, have a hot girlfriend or not, who gives a shit? Um, but are, am I really fulfilled? And they're still looking. And they, they forget that they're, if their focus is only on the income, they're, you know, the, even, the, even the nomadic kids, and I've got a couple of kids that are the friends that are the, the digital nomad types, Mm. And they they claim they're doing okay. Some of them are lonely, even right. with, even with a partner. Right, absolutely. Um, and and it and it if they're not honest with themselves, um, that loneliness isn't going to go away. You can have the best looking partner in the world and still be alone. You can have the greatest business producing the greatest income and just be absolutely miserable. You know who talks about that a lot? Uh, uh, Gary Vee. Yeah, I got friends that uh, they're they got many money, but they're miserable. I'm like, yeah, money doesn't buy happiness. It buys you a lot of shit that can make you happy, but that also just kind of goes away after a while. Yeah, and that's kind of the conversation I had with myself in 2012. I'm like, okay, there's got to be more than this, and so <laughs> that's when I set out to become a broker and an owner and help people, and again, do that, attain the the good living, but a life to enjoy. Being a broker, I think I think some people might misunderstand too that being a broker isn't about isn't about making a lot of money. No, not you, at all. I should yeah. I should have stayed I, I should have stayed an agent if it was about the money. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how is it said? The the fulfillment of being a broker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's I, I think a lot of people mis, uh, misconstrue being a broker doesn't mean you make a lot of cash, it means you make a lot of people. <laughs> Yeah, and you make a lot of other people happy. It means um, you have lots of drama every day. You have lots of drama. Exactly. I, I, we have a couple of friends here that are brokers, and some of the stories they share with me, I'm like, "Why oh, do you I've do got, this?" I've, <laughs> got some, I've got some stuff I have to deal with later today. <laughs> it's it's not unusual. It's the, there's a lot of stuff you're like. I had one of my staff earlier tell me it's like a Jerry Springer episode around here. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> It, it does happen. It is, it is what it is. Um, yep. What would you say was the biggest guiding light for you as far as um, besides family? What would you say were some, was the biggest one that, that kept you in focus? Um, just what I just said about, you know, being able to help people have a good revenue and the life to enjoy. You know, I, I always say I'm a wealth of what not to do. Um, Aren't we all? Because, because <laughs> of what I went through. So seeing the the, the agents and the business people and because I don't just mentor just agents I mentor builders and stuff like that seeing them succeed is, is just awesome you know uh, what's one of, what's one of the best aha moments you've had from that not, not you the, not you personally but them like when when, <laughs> when do you see a shift because that's that's when people oh, like us are like yes that's one of the best ones you've got you know, there we we have one one gentleman. He's a hustler. He's been a hustler since day one, and you know, year two, he's hustling and he's having that 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 fight. You know, that I was just talking about with the wife because 
he's gone and he's not work, you know, but he's making money and she's not understanding. He's like, and she, well, she understands she doesn't care about the money. Yeah. But he, he's like, she doesn't understand. She just doesn't understand. I'm like, oh, she understands. Trust me. Well, <laughs> a year later, he had a kid and the light flipped. Oh, boy. And he's like, you know what? I had this goal this year, but I just had my kid and I don't need the goal this year. I'm going to stay where I was last year and I'm going to be a dad. And then I'll go, you know, next year. And he did it. He he did what he said he was going to do. And he jumped to that next level the following year. So I meet with him regularly. I just met with him a few weeks ago. And it's, it's this progression that I was talking about that I did. I'm seeing him pick up on it on his own, like what's next. So yeah, that's, that was probably be one of the biggest ones. Oh. I would actually, I had another one. Um, you know, the, the, there's a, there's a, a reality. There's a lot of, there's a lot of dark side to real estate. Oh, you yeah. know, there's a lot of abuse as far as alcoholism and drugs and there's a lot of infidelity yeah. and, yeah, that's, but that's, and the other thing there's, it's a lot of, no one ever teaches them how to do a business, right? They just teach them how to sell. So they don't talk about taxes and stuff like that. <laughs> and, uh, one person that I met with quite a few years ago was like 300 and some thousand dollars in debt and taxes and um she worked her butt off she paid it all off it was all paid off by last year i mean she just she didn't give up she just worked her butt off and to see that click for her and it's even cool you know in the fact that she's been in real estate twice as long as me so the fact that i could give that advice because i went through it mm. um you know seeing those things click that's that's what's fun for me that's awesome that's cool um, we're going to take another th quick 30 second break. When we come back, we're going to chat more. With, uh, and we're back. Final, final section for Shane Torres here, um, Java chat. Um, we've been talking about a whole bunch of different things as far as motivation, stories and innovation or excuse me, inspiration. And he's got like 20 different entities that he works with. It's crazy. That's a lot. Um, and I'm sure there's a few that, that are, are, a focus like as of right now uh, yeah what what do you what do you got going on oh man well <laughs> so the I, like i said they're, they're 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 the core if you will you know um, my real estate team is always a priority and making sure that they're working well together and growing and like i said we'll have a record year this year they'll, they'll do about 55 million in you know production uh, being that my day-to-day -day is more managing the company, the, you know, the companies and concepts, you know, we've got some exciting stuff, some I can't talk about yet, for <laughs> but we'll be able to announce it soon. Uh, that'll take us to a whole nother level as far as a brokerage goes. So we do have a couple of things with that, that I'm working on that I can talk about in little detail, but I think we can all agree that COVID kind of changed the dynamic of how some things work. Mm -hmm. And one of them a little bit to an extent is the way that the real estate offices have operated. Um, and it's kind of naturally progressed this way. We've been doing it for years, but, you know, we've always, the last few years, we've been doing these, like what I call uh, cafe style offices, meaning you have a few private ones, but then you have open areas with some tables and chairs and booths, you know, like a Starbucks or whatever. Well, as we go forward, I think it's changing even more. So we're in a few different markets. So we're in, what we're going to end up doing is in our markets, we have our main hub, which is our biggest office that'll be staffed. We have our smaller offices. They're going to be branch offices. They won't be staffed, but the newer ones that we're doing are going to be dual purpose, meaning 
the one is going to be a coffee shop open to the public with a real estate office inside of it. That is interesting. Um, and, and an agent brought that idea to me. She's like, we spend most of our days in coffee shops. What if we open, what if this was a coffee shop? I'm like, genius. I love it. Then, and all this has happened from a necessity and kind of rolls into what, my, what I'll talk about for the next one. But, um, you know, I wanted an office in a certain location. So how do you do it? Well, we're going to dual purpose it. Now, the next one is going even to another level. There's nothing like this in the state of Iowa, but they do have a couple down in Scottsdale. It will be a brewery slash restaurant slash real estate office slash event center all in one building. They will be able to be parceled or, you know, separated with glass walls and whatever, but you could open them up into one big space. There's nothing like that. And so that uh, in, the, in the state of Iowa, which then, you know, that rolls me into my next one, which is my development company. So my development company started out of, I wanted an office in a certain location. There was nothing there. Mm -hmm. I couldn't come to terms with the building owners around me. So I'm like, well, let's build my own. Um, and I've, you know, I've got knowledge from my construction background and my home building background. Well, that, you know, it parlayed into even bigger building, right? <laughs> and I built that one. Um, I didn't know how, uh, as far as to structure it. It was, you know, $3.5 million building. We needed, you know, $800,000 in cash. I personally could not do $800,000 in cash without causing a lot of problems. So I <laughs> structure that, right? So I figured that out. And then I threw, I decided because the market was so crazy that I would throw a crazy price on it and see if I could sell it. And if I would, or if I could, I would sell it. After it was full, I fully leased it. We, as in my Remax, like releases half the building. That was the goal. Um, I'd sell it. Well, I, I did. And I, I took it, I sold it. And now I've got, you know, up to $19 million in projects for 2022 that Oof. we're looking at doing. And, and again, I, you know, yes, I will have to have partners on that. Yes, I'll have to have investors on that. I did not know how to do it in the beginning. I've been fortunate to, you know, have good people along the way that have helped teach me what I needed to know. I'm not, you know, and that's the thing. I, everyone thinks it's so hard to get started. You just have to make a decision to get started. And I actually got this from Grant Cardone. Um, you know, I, I commit to something and I'll figure it out later. You know, yeah. he, one, one of his things he said, his first deal ever, he committed to buy a, a $3.5 million building. And he had no money. Yeah. And he had to get it in 90 days. <laughs> So he did, you know, I have another one I've got, I'm going to be getting into land development. Um, never done it before to the scale. We're going to do it. It's 44 acres. Um, Ooh, yeah, that's going to be a big project. Yeah, it's a big project. And uh, I'll, I'll figure it out along the way and use the, the, you know, the experts that do it. And then um, the final one, uh, actually too, is um, I'm building a daycare. Cool. Nice. <laughs> and I will own an opera. I, I will own, but I will not operate the daycare. <laughs> I was about to say, uh, Ooh, own and operate. Oof. No, 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 no. I will own, but I will not operate. But <laughs> that that started as a joke with a city official in a neighboring town. And here we are in the middle of our design phase. I have the land under contract, and we will probably open in fall of 2022. 
um, but it started as a joke. And the thing is that I like, I tell people, I never set out to be here. I never set out to do any of this. I set out to get out of foreclosure and I set out to be able to take care of my family. Yeah. Everything that we have to this point that we continue to add, it, opportunities presented itself. I looked at it. If it made sense, we did it. If it didn't, we don't. And then the final one is my wife's project. So she's all, we live in this community. We don't have a lot of historic buildings. We live in a small suburb outside of Des Moines. We have only a few old buildings left. She's wanted to do two things, re, be able to help revitalize the buildings in the community and bring something to the community that's drastically needing. And that's something for the teens. Okay. It's not that they're like on the street corner or anything, but you know, they don't got it. There's nowhere to go for them. So we bought an old church building and we are going to, we're currently remodeling it and turning it into a game lounge, but not, not a video game lounge, a game where they actually have to set the phone down and use their hands. Nice. So like air hockey, foosball, you know, ping pong, pool, cool. things like that. Um, so it'll have that. It'll have a little um, event space in the basement that looks like a kitchen of a house. So it's more homey. When we were younger, you know, her gram her grandma's house wasn't big enough, so we always rented out the rec center there. It was stale, it was cold, impersonal. Yeah. This will look like a house. So we're we're in the middle of remodeling that. That'll be her baby. Um, and uh she she'll run that uh here. Hopefully we'll get that open next year as well. Uh if you've got a link for a website for that, we'd love that. So we can go ahead and put that down in the comments below. Uh, if somebody wanted to connect with you, where can they find you? Like, are you on LinkedIn and stuff like that? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm on all those sites. So LinkedIn, <coughs> Facebook, RoadTo20Million.com. Um, you can find me personally on Facebook or RoadTo20Million. Um, I'm pretty accessible. Awesome. Um, and, of course, we'll put all of those links as well below. Um, you've gotten to where you're at. You've done all this great stuff. What's the biggest challenge you're facing right now? Oh, man, just teenagers. <laughs> Teenage. Now, honestly, you know, um, yeah, just it, the, the kids, it was very eye-opening to me a few weeks ago. And, and this is just in all seriousness. Um, the teens with social media are under so much pressure and their image and stuff like that and we were at this church event and the youth pastor did a questionnaire and it was an anonymous thing what is something god should worry about you and 14 out of the 15 comments were about the saying about my anxiety about my depression mm -hmm. these were these are these are these are 15 to 18 year olds Mm -hmm. there only one did not say anxiety and depression which means that so two of those would have been mine so yeah dealing with the teenagers you know my daughter's getting ready to graduate she's doing pretty well she's got a pretty level head she's got her anxiety somewhat under control my middle son he doesn't like to talk so it's hard to know what he's going through yeah, that's really difficult because there's days where he just has this aura where he's just feeling he's just cold hearted. But I know there's more to it. Oh, sure. So that I mean, honestly, that's not even that's that's what the struggle is. That's not um, 
anything to do with business or anything like that, that, that would be my biggest struggle is my kids and make, trying to balance, making sure they can be successful in the world, but know that these problems are real. Yeah. And it's hard for me to relate to them. Well, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, I'm not wired that way. None of us are. Neither of us. I mean, I, I have a, I have a 20 year old son who's just starting to communicate with me more than he used to like when he was in his teens he would talk to his mom like it was nothing me i'm okay you don't sound yeah. okay your schoolwork doesn't seem like you're okay yeah my you know, son that... my son doesn't talk to anybody yeah so well, no, actually he'll talk to his sister so i am thankful for that yeah at least at least he's got a sibling to share with he has yep. started warming up uh, a lot more and that's that's been in, in my mind, it's been a, a, a blessing for me too. So I can see where he's at. Um, right. It, it does take time for the, the teens to come around. It's, and it's one of the reasons that I like, I like talking to teens and, and asking them, how are you feeling right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they, and they look at me and they go, I'm fine. I'm like, mm, that's not what I asked. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it, it, it's the same thing. Like when we're talking to uh, people that we're mentoring or coaching. Yeah. You know, how are you feeling right now? Oh, I'm okay. Mm, that's not what I asked. Right. My own partners, my own business partners. I ask them every once in a while, how are you? I'm okay. That's not what I asked. And all of a sudden right. they get nervous because it's like, oh, he's, he's being, we have to. I mean, it's, it's, right. it's in their best interest for us to say, here's your safe place, not safe space. Here's your safe place. Right. To, if you got a, if you got a download, download i'm not here to judge you i'm not here to do anything more than create a space for you to just let loose go for it i mean it just makes sense um i I even learned that with him it's like when he finishes work some days i can tell when it's been a good day when it's not and when it's not i'm like how to go right well it could have been better yeah what's that mean then it comes out right that's it's 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 the joy of being a pop (laughs) (laughs) true cool um guys for those of you again you guys heard it earlier all the links and everything to follow shane and connect with him and make sure that you're following um i'll I'll need the the name of your brokerage as well because i'd like to put that in there as well so people can find you because there are maybe some people in iowa that may want to connect um if you're watching us on youtube subscribe hit the bell next to it uh, this was a this was an excellent interview. Thank you very much for sharing your story. Um, you you've you've shared the reality of how being an entrepreneur really is, and we really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. If you guys are listening to us on uh, Anchor, uh, that's our home bla- our home plate, if you will. That that syndicates out to about eleven other plat or ten other platforms, ten or eleven. I can't remember how many. Download, subscribe. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, write us a review. Uh, was we we love we love having reviews and of course when yours comes out I'll ask you to do the same. Um, biggest one though, you got to know somebody who would benefit from this. Send them the link, whether it's Spotify or Anchor or YouTube. Just shoot it, shoot them the link and say, hey, you need to hear this. This is pretty cool shit. This guy was like at the bottom and now he's soaring. And it's not because he did it himself; it's because he did it with others and he he you know that kind of thing. Share it. Get it out there so others can benefit. That's why we do this is so that you can can learn and grow and do whatever you need to to continue your journey as a professional, as an entrepreneur or whatever it is that you're doing. 
Um, we thank all of you for making the time and taking the time to come and listen, uh, to come and watch, uh, and we hope you continue to do so. So stay up, stay safe, stay healthy, and live for myself, Coffee with Mike, for Shane Torres. Ciao for now. It's a long ass fucking sign off. I gotta figure out how to shorten that out. <laughs> oh. It was good. Sincerely, thank you very much. I really appreciate you oh, making the time me and hanging on, uh, hanging out, and sharing your story. Um, I have, uh, I, I have a a design to introduce you to uh, directly to Iowa Legendary Rye because of the brewery concept. Okay. And the reason is, is because they're looking for places to set up stills. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I've I've got multiple things that I've been thinking about. So yeah, yeah, they're, they're actually, they actually are setting one up in Texas. Okay. Um, that one's going to have its own brand, even though it's their stills that are going right. to be doing it. Um, okay. yeah, I know, I know they're looking for other places. Uh, what I'll do is I'll make an introduction between you and the grandson of the book. Okay. And okay. you can chat. He actually, I think he just bought a building in Carroll. Okay. On either it's in Carroll or it's on Templeton. No, it's in Templeton, on, on Main Street, just down the road from Templeton Rye. Yeah, so I'm actually part of a private barrel club, and uh, I'm having a barrel made. At, it's called uh, the um, Distillery in West Des Moines. The guy who owns that was one of the original founders of Templeton Rye. So, so. The, so this you're going to get a kick out of this. Templeton Rye is not Templeton Rye. Oh, I know. Yeah, okay. It's interesting how few know this, yeah. that they're an, they're an Indiana recipe and they're yeah. not really an Iowa recipe. So yeah. this is one of the 12 families. If, you, if you've ever read the book, um, uh, Gentlemen Bootleggers. I have not, but I know of them. Okay, so that actually talks about 11 families. Well, there was a 12th one. The feds never got to them. This is that family. Okay. Um, and this is one of the 12 recipes and they're, they're still trying to figure out because, you know, bootleggers don't tell. Right. Um, they're still trying to figure out where grandma's stuff was being sold. Right. Because it wasn't hers that was being shipped out to St. Louis and, and Chicago. That was the bootlegger that was releasing their land, but she was still making her own juice. Um, so okay. they think it was sold locally and regionally. Amazing stuff. I'm not an, I'm not an <laughs> alchemy. I don't drink a shit ton. Um, I don't either. I just collect it. Yeah, I, I, I'll have, like last night, I think I've had my first, I think I had my first dram. God, it's been almost like three months. I'm yeah, just, it's about I'm just what I do. Drinker. Um, I smoke cigars like it's going out of style, but <laughs> <laughs> listen, I'll let you get going. This should all be right. out. Um, I'm trying to double up everything to try to get all of these out before the end of the year. That's However, I'm, if I can't get it out before Christmas, it'll start coming out in January. That's fine. Uh, once once they're published, I send you the links, and that way you can promote it how you want. Um, if there's anything that you need as far as uh, uh, other projects that you have coming, or if you want to come back and talk again more about other stuff, mm -hmm. let's schedule it. I'd be happy to have you. Uh, this was a good okay. time. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Have a wonderful holiday season. Merry Christmas to you. Happy New Year. You too. Thanks, brother. For more information on Java Chat, visit www.javachatpodcast.com. You've been listening to Coffee with Mike on Java Chat. Tune in weekly to this podcast for the next episode. 
You can also download or subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. A production of Oasis Media Group, LLC. Located in Las Vegas, Nevada. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.